You're listening to our weekly podcast, Getting in the Word with Stuart Guthrie. Stuart is the teaching pastor of Family Bible Fellowship of Ridgeville in Early Branch, South Carolina. We hope to grow together with you, seeking real knowledge from the truth, the Word of God. Here's Stuart. Well, again, I have titled this message, Choose Wisely. Um, A farmer once hired a man to work for him. He told him the first task would be to paint the barn, and it shouldn't take him but about three days to complete the task, but the hired man was finished in just one day. The former set him out on another job to cut some wood, telling him that it would require him about four days. And the hired man finished in about a day and a half to the farmer's amazement. The next, next task that the farmer gave the young man was to sort out a large pile of potatoes. He was to arrange them into three different piles, seed potatoes, food for the hogs, and potatoes that were good enough to eat and to sell. The farmer said, hey, this is a small job. It shouldn't take you long at all. And at the end of the day, when the farmer came back, he found the hired man barely started. So obviously he asked the man, what in the world is going on? This is a job you should have had done earlier. And the farmer, when he asked him, he said, sir, I can work hard, but I can't make decisions. You see, choices can be hard, but everyone is defined by the choices we make. What are the choices in which you maybe find yourself making in life today? Simple choices like, what will I wear? What am I going to eat for lunch? Will I brush my hair? Will I put on some cologne? These are simple choices that every single one of us make every day, and we do them without even thinking many times. (laughs) But then there's also those not-so-simple choices, choices like, Will I pursue that woman or man for marriage? Is she the one that I need to spend the rest of my life with? What degree program do I want to pursue as a young man, as a young woman? What do I want to do for a living? And then there's those more complex choices. And these are the ones that really frazzle us because Sometimes they can be extremely difficult for us to deal with. So we have to ask ourselves the question, can I afford this home? Do I get this car or that car? Is this car going to last me or is it? should I buy a newer car that, that's got warranty on it? Do I take this job or do I take that job? Do I move here or do I stay here? Do I do I up pick my family and plant them in homeschooling or do I send them to public school? How do I treat this illness that I have? Do I submit to the government when they seem to be unbiblical? Do I take the vaccine or do I not? 
These are more complex choices for which everyone has to decide. Everyone has a choice. And the question is, how will we respond to them? Since choices often result in eternal significance, the consequences are ongoing. The effects of our choices sometimes last for a lifetime. I think that it is fundamental that the choices we choose, that they line up with the principles of God's Word. Too many times, too many issues, we are indeed in the midst of making choices. Does it line up with God's Word? Today we're going to be looking into a life of a young man by the name of King Asa. And in the life of Asa, he is making amazing choices. The life of Asa is really spoken of and distributed between three parts. The first section deals with his early life, his early years. The second section deals with the Reformation. Chapter 15, 1 and 19. And then the third section, it deals with the latter years. Chapter 16, 1 to 14. And today we're going to be looking at his early years. King Asa was a leader that had to make several important choices. And sometimes more what we see from just reading on the surface. But when we really think about the choices that King Asa has to make, it gives us great insight into what we can learn and apply to our lives through his journey from the choices that he has made. So there are really three major choices that I want to draw out of the text that King Asa chose in this portion of Scripture. So let's turn, if you will, to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. He made three choices that I believe are very important in the life of King Asa. First, King Asa made the choice to pursue godliness. King Asa made the choice to pursue godliness. Secondly, King Asa made the choice to pursue protection. And thirdly, King Asa made the choice to pursue prayer. Let's begin by evaluating the first choice that King Asa made in the life of his kingship. First, I want you to notice King Asa made the choice to pursue godliness. Verse 2 to 5 really go over all the things that King Asa did, which showed us that he wanted to live his life to honor God. He wanted to live his life for his people and for his Lord. And so it says here in verse 2, Asa did good and ride in the sight of his God and removed the foreign altars and high places, tore down the sacred pillars, cut down the ashram, and commanded Judah to seek the Lord, to seek God, for their fathers to observe the law and the commandment. And he also removed the high places and incense altars from all the cities of Judah 
and the kingdom was undisturbed under him. Asa has chosen, listen, to pursue godliness. King Asa has taken down, he has destroyed all these false idols and worship structures, which symbolize ultimately false gods, false goddesses. Here we have a picture of what the godly man, the godly leader does. This man stepped into his position of king and right away began to bring down these false false idols, false altars in high places. And the reason that God finds him good and right was because he made the choice to put away that which wasn't honoring to the Lord. Listen, as I thought about these different items that Asa destroyed, all these illegitimate cults, these objects, these altars, these high places, these standing stones representing Baal and the ashram poles, the wooden poles representing the goddesses of Asherah. I asked, how does this apply to us today? How does this apply to you and me? as we face these uncertain days. Now, you and I might not deal with some of the same choices to break down the items that he broke down. But nevertheless, I have to ask myself, and you have to ask yourself the question, what idols do you have in your life that you need to break down? For the leader, what is it? in the church that needs to be done away with. Because listen, it is absolutely dishonoring to the God. For the woman, what is it in your life that you need to put away that's in your life that dishonors God? What are the things you're hearing and looking at? What are the things that are bringing you down spiritually that you just need to put away? And for the man, what is it in your life? that you've replaced God with, that has become your idol, whether it be social media, whether it be the political arena, whether it be pornography, whether it be whatever's in your life that is an idol that you've placed above God. What is it that you need to put away? You see, we can live our lives and be among ungodly things. You can surround yourself with ungodly people, and we know that's not what we ought to do. But if we are going to be seen, if we are going to be recognized, if we are going to be a people who is viewed like King Asa was by Almighty God, then we, like King Asa, must choose to break down those things in our lives that bring dishonor to God. Listen, for David, it was lust. For Saul, it was pride. For Rehoboam, it was ungodly living. What is it in your life that you know is ungodly, yet you keep living among it? And you've made it an idol. What idol has this world placed before you that you seek rather than God? You see, I'm about willing to bet there's some here that are living in adultery. 
that are having affairs on their wife and they claim Christianity that I'm a, I'm a Christian. I'm struggling in this area. Listen, it's an idol, my friend. It, maybe you're addicted to alcohol or drugs. It's an idol, my friend. And you've placed those things above God. Maybe your situation's so bad you just want to end your life. Let me tell you what, that's idolatry. God has created you in His very own image. You can't take your life. You have value. Why? Because you are created in the very image of Almighty God. He not only breaks down these cultic symbols, but He reminds the people on top of putting away the idols, He calls them to seek the Lord and His commandments. Listen, we must do the same. Today, let's pursue godliness like King Asa did. Not so that we can be saved. We know that's a, that, that's a works-based salvation mentality. Our works can't save us. Only faith alone, in Christ alone, by grace alone, we can be saved. But rather, we want to do these things because we've already trusted in Christ and we've already been saved and we want to live and pursue after holiness for which Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 reminds us that without the pursuit of holiness, no one will see the kingdom of God. So the first choice we see is Asa chose to rid Judah of the cultic items. America, it's time that we rid, that we shun, that we put away these false gods, these false religions, these false idols, because they're destroying this nation. King Asa wasn't putting up for it. He chose to put it down, to pursue it, and to and to get rid of it. And we need to do the same in our life if we are going to honor God like King Asa honored God with his life. And it's a personal choice. God in his great mercy and his grace can help you walk through your life and give you the ability to do those things for his glory. But not only did we see that King Asa pursued godliness. Secondly, I want you to see King Asa pursued protection. Starting in verse 6, we read, He built fortified cities in Judah since the land was undisturbed, and there was no one at war with him during those years because the Lord had given him rest. Boy, don't we need some rest as a nation? Well, listen, when we become a nation back under Almighty God, we will be at rest. But the direction we are headed now and all of these false idols and all of these false gods are hindering that. But not for Asa because he got rid of those things. We need to be praying that God will supply a leader that won't talk the talk, but he will walk the walk and get rid of all of these false idols. And because of that, the Lord had given him rest. Verse 7, for he said to Judah, let us build these cities and surround them with walls and towers and gates and bars. The land is still ours because we have sought the Lord our God. 
You see, the reason the land was theirs, the reason was because why? They sought the Lord, the God, their God. We have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they built and they prospered. Listen, this pre-assumes that when we don't pursue after God, when we, when we follow these false religions and these false idols, that the land will not be ours because we are not pursuing after God and therefore He has not given us rest. And so what we are facing, I believe, in the Christian community and in this nation is a nation that has left Almighty God. And welcome to a world where God gives man over to his depraved mind. We're told here that the land was undisturbed. That there was no war with him during those years because God had given them rest. God has blessed this man. God has blessed this nation. Because he was seeking God, living righteously, because they trusted Almighty God. You see, we have a godless nation right now. And the Christians are quiet. We can fight for the political arena, but listen, what we need to fight for is holiness and righteousness. Because it's a hard issue, my friend. God protected them. He lived righteously, and so they built and prepared a level of protection. You see, Asa had a choice to choose, and he could have just taken this time of freedom and prosperity and 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 just rested and simply lay down and did nothing. But that's not what he did. Rather, Asa chose to pursue protection. Asa began a building program. And I believe that this was also a sign of God's blessing. He said, let's build the walls. We might need some walls up in our country. Because the, the more we allow the ungodly to filter in and poison our Christian values, the, the worse it's going to get, my friends. Walls were in that time a level of protection that was absolutely needed to be built around a city. And that is why Nehemiah desired, desired, if you remember, to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Because this was a great line of defense. It was then and it is today. That's why so many people are protected in their homes and protected in their workplaces because they have walls and gates. It's always been a level of protection. And it said that he built towers and gates and bars, which are all lines of defense. Asa knows that while there is no war, now is the time to prepare. Now is the time to set the stage for what might come. 
God has given us rest. God has given us peace. But listen, there may come a day. I wonder how many of us are just sitting here, talking, living in a time of rest, undisturbed. For some of you, listen, God has given you a time of rest in your life, in your business, in your personal life. And you've forgotten the level of protection that you should be building into your homes, into your families, into your workplace. Some of you have, God has given you time of prosperity, and for others, God has given you a time of health and joy. And the reality is, is while I imagine that all of us here have something in our lives that is stressful, Isn't there a level of truth behind the idea that when things are going good and smooth, we tend to sit back, relax, and lay down our guard? We tend to what? Get comfortable. Listen, King Asa made a choice. He made a choice to to build protection and prepare for the hard times that we are all very certain will come in the days ahead, one way, shape, or form. In the book of Genesis chapter 41, we have the story of Pharaoh having a dream that only Joseph is able to explain. And Joseph is able to explain that there will be seven years of great abundance. And from that, they they must go store enough for seven years of drought that will follow. Listen, Joseph understood that protection and preparation was needed for where and when they would have hard times that were coming. King Asa knew he couldn't lay down. King Asa knew he couldn't just retire. King Asa knew he just couldn't fold it up. He couldn't lay down in his time of rest from war. Rather, he needed to prepare for what might come ahead. Listen, we need to make sure that in our time of undisturbed lives, that we are not only spiritually ready, physically ready, but even financially ready. Proverbs 27, 12 says, A prudent man, a prudent person, foresees danger and takes precaution. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Listen, we can't sit back and watch what's happening in this nation and not know at some point it's going to boil over and explode. Are we preparing for that? Now, I'm not a prepper, but I am a preparer. And I believe God wants us to do that. God wants us to be wise stewards of our resources. So how are we doing in that? Choose wisely, my friend. Not only does Asa choose to pursue godliness, number one, that's first and foremost, but he also chooses protection. And I want you to see, thirdly, King Asa made the choice to pursue prayer. King Asa was a king that knew his people. 
He, he, he knew his God. He had a, a great level of trust in Almighty God. And I believe that you and I could learn a lot from this man, this King Asa. Because he is going to step out on a level of faith that should blow your mind. And yet his faith encourages me to be bold for Christ. Verse 8 gives us into insight into the army that he had. When we are told in verse 6 that he built fortified cities since there was uh, land was undisturbed and there was no war during those days because the Lord had given him rest. Let us build walls and cities. And the land was ours because we have sought him and he has given us rest. And in verse 8 he says, Asa had an army of 300,000 from Judah. That's a large army. Bearing large shields and spears and 280,000 from Benjamin. Bearing shields and wielded bows. All of them were valiant warriors. They had an army of 580,000 people. This seems like an all good size army. He has building protections around the city. He has a group of valiant warriors, 580,000 strong. To give you some insight of how many people that might be, America has about 314 million people. Russia has about 143 million. King Asa had as many people in his army as lives in Boston, more than all of Atlanta combined. Things up until this point have really gone well for King Asa. He seems like he is protected. God is protecting him. And he has 580,000 strong, valiant warriors. But in verse 9, everything changes, my friend. He says, now Zerah, the Ethiopian, came out against them with an army of a million men and 300 chariots. And he came to Marishal. Listen, in, in case you were wondering, that's 1.3 million 300 chariots. That's a lot of people. Listen, regardless there is a lot more Ethiopians than there are in King's army, which Asa has. In spite of that, in spite of these 1,300,000 people coming up against their puny 580,000, does that discourage the brother? No, I love this passage. Because listen, in life, there will be many times you stand before the impossible. And it will look like there is no way that you're going to get through this. There's no way it's going to work out. You are standing face to face with the impossible. And the only thing you can choose to do when you stand up face to face is to trust God. Because what's in front of you is an absolute possible apart from God. Now, some of you this morning are facing the impossible. Your marriages are on the rocks. 
You've had an affair with your wife. She's wanting to walk out on you. Somebody's been diagnosed with COVID and they're on life support and it seems impossible. Maybe you're in the military and you're faced with a choice. They're mandating vaccines for me and my family and I'm concerned about my children and how in the world am I going to face this? Seems impossible. Maybe your house payment's due and you don't have the money. And it seems impossible. I don't know what it is you're dealing with today, but hear me, please. Whatever it is you are facing, whatever impossibility you are standing before, I want you to understand. We need to respond like King Asa. Listen to what it says in verse 10. So, King Asa went out to meet him, and they drew up in battle formation in the valley of Zephna at Merishah. Listen, he goes and he stands before an army of the size of Russia. <laughs> they are double, almost in size. And these people are thinking, boy, we are about to get our butts whipped. Because... You can't negate the reality, the size difference. But the, he's facing the impossible. But King Asa boldly, faithfully, trusting in God goes up to meet him in battle formation. Can I ask you a question? What is it you're facing today that's impossible? What is it that just seems like there is no way it's going to work? What circumstance in your life proves you to worry? I submit to you today, like Asa, we must choose prayer. Asa willingly, obediently goes up in battle formation, but he knows that unless God does something amazing, he's toast. And so what does he do? He faithfully goes and relies on God in prayer. He says here in verse 11, Then Asa called to the Lord his God and said, Lord, there is no one beside you to help in the battle between the powerful and those who have no strength. So help us, O Lord, our God, for we trust in you and in your name have come against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Let no man prevail against you. He had a faith in Almighty God. He was a man who had put aside those idols, those false religions, those false gods, and he relied on God, and God gave him rest, and he went up faithfully and before the impossible, and he called out to God. Listen, we need, like Asa, to be faithful and calling out to God. You remember in the movie, The Avengers, listen, like them, we need a superhero to take care of a super problem. 
Listen, our superhero is God. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, like Asa, he stands before a battle in which only God can win. And in the midst of that, he faithfully stands. He faithfully chooses to seek God in prayer for victory. Listen, when we choose to live godly, when we choose to not be idle in preparation for protection, when we pursue God in prayer, listen, God will grant us victory. God will grant us success because God is on the forefront. God is before us. But it begins with pursuit of holiness. It, it, it begins with not being idle and lazy in the blessings. But ultimately... It begins with prayer. Too many times we start with seeking man rather than God. You know, I, I'm all for big events. I'm all for rallies. But can I ask you an honest question? Do we really think for one second that we can battle without God? Do we think for one second we can accomplish in this nation what we know ought to be, and that is a nation who is truly under God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Do we really for one second think that because we've gone to a rally, we're going to change anything? We need to be a men and women of prayer on our knees because, listen, this is a God-sized problem. That only God can fix. Because it's a heart issue. It's a sin issue. And only almighty God can fix the heart of people. Too many times we pursue the fruit when we should be pursuing the root. What we have in this nation and in the church and in this modern Christianity that is absolutely malnourished. Is a God problem. It's a heart issue. And only God can solve it. So yes, go rally. But you have failed to do your job if you didn't begin on your knees in prayer. And because he was faithful in pursuing God and holiness, because he was faithful in building protections and and preparing when things were good, and because he was faithful in prayer. Verse 12 says, So the Lord routed the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. text doesn't say Asa did anything, my friend. You want to have victory? It begins with prayer. Start a prayer rally. If we're a one nation under God, if we're truly a Christian nation, then it's time for the Christians to stand up and have a prayer rally. Because the problem we are facing, my friends, is not against flesh and blood. It is a spiritual issue. And only almighty God can solve the problem. Asa got victory. 
The text says in verse 13, Asa and the people who were with him pursued them as far as Gerar. And so many Ethiopians fell, they could not recover. For they were scattered before the Lord and before his army. Who? Before God. Before whose army? God's army. And not only did the did did he plund he scattered them, the text says, and they carried away much plunder. Listen, God did this. We're not told they did anything. It wasn't until after God whipped them that they went after them. That's what God does when we rely on Him. It might not happen in the time frame that we want it to happen or how we thought it should have happened. But you can bet if we are completely, sufficiently, 100% relying on Almighty God, listen, He will grant you victory. So how are you doing today in your choices? Are you choosing wisely? Listen, Jesus Christ promised that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. The greatest choice that you can choose today is to trust in Jesus Christ for your salvation. Listen, this is not our home, my friends. We are simply sojourners passing through for those that are in Christ. Our home is being made up. John 14 says, I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I'm there, you may be also. This isn't our home. Stop trying to make what is only available in heaven on earth. There will be wars. There will be pagans. There will be idols. There will be all of these issues in these days because this is not our home. Listen, it begins with your choice of Christ. He... he he chose you before the foundations of the world. And I'm a testimony that with God, listen, all things are possible. If Stuart Guthrie can be saved, delivered, sanctified, and being made new every day, you can be saved. If the Apostle Paul, who was a persecutor of Christians, can be saved, you can be saved. If David, a man that had an affair with Bathsheba and killed her husband, can be considered a man after God's own heart, you can be used by Almighty God, but it begins with you choosing Christ because He first chose you. It's not that you love God, but listen, He has loved you and sent His Son into the world. Choose this day whom you will serve. Will you serve man or will you serve the Master, the Lord Jesus Christ? Would you choose today to pursue godliness, protection, and prayer? Be today in the Lord's army. And when God wins, we can give all the glory to God. Father, we thank you for your word. And we thank you for its power, its richness, and its relevance in our day. And Lord, as we come today and we face a nation that has completely left you, 
God, there are the remnant. There are the few who pursue holiness and righteousness and protection and prayer. And we come before you and we pray what Asa prayed. God, Father, help us. Lord, there is no one besides you to help in the battle between the wealthy, the powerful, the elite, and those who have no strength, that have no wealth. So help us, O oh God, our Lord, for we trust and we rely in your name and in your name alone we have come against this multitude. You are our God. Let not evil man prevail against your people for your glory. And we ask these things in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen.